0: Welcome to You're Still Doing That, where we talk with everyday people about their childhood joys that have endured into their adulthood. Joining me today is... Hey,
1: I am Karen Huey, and I was an educator in the Lee County Schools for 37 years before I retired in 2013. It's hard to believe I've been retired for 10 years, but I've been very busy during that time.
0: Uh, what was your childhood passion that you still do today?
1: I loved music and I still do that today. All right, let's hear your story. Mm-hmm.
0: Welcome everyone to You're Still Doing That, where everyday people can talk about the things they did as kids that they still do today, and tens of people will probably listen. Uh, Sitting with me today is a Lee County legend, Karen Huey. She has been guiding the minds and hands of Lee County strings players for decades. She has taught scores of uh, violin, viola, cello, bass students, and chorus students in the Lee County school system and private lessons. Hey, Karen. Hello, how are you doing? <laughs> oh, I'm great. Uh, when did you first get excited about music?
1: I was probably in the fourth grade.
0: And where were you living in the fourth grade?
1: I was living in a very small town in Massachusetts.
0: Oh, my My wife's going to love that because she's from Massachusetts. What was the name of your town? She might know.
1: Shrewsbury, Massachusetts. Now,
0: was that anywhere near Watham?
1: It was about forty miles to the west, I think. Oh, that was Shrewsbury. I love that name. Uh
0: what um what got you interested in fourth grade?
1: I spent some time with my grandparents and they loved watching Um, the Lawrence Welk show
0: (laughs) oh yes I know Lawrence (laughs) Welk
1: so I watched a lot of Lawrence Welk and I became really infatuated with some of the players there that lady that played the cello with that beautiful smile and uh, it just made me
0: love music I love it Uh, Karen what was your first instrument
1: uh violin was my first instrument
0: now uh did you do like uh in my elementary school a lot of them we do recorders and some xylophone instruments did you do any of that in school
1: i this was back in the 60s right? I, I don't think we, so we had any of you know that. that recorders
0: weren't around yet
1: <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure they were but i don't think they had made it into the schools
0: now did you uh start violin in school or was it a through private lessons
1: it was through school. Um, some lady came through and played for us like we do for students nowadays. And I thought, ha, this is the closest to Lawrence Wilk I'm going to get. <laughs> so let me sign up.
0: I love it. Who was your first teacher?
1: Um, her name was Delia Rhodes, and she came from around Boston, and she traveled an hour to get to us.
0: Wow. Now that she now was she like a just a private instructor, or was she a teacher through the school system that came?
1: I think she was um employed by the school system. We didn't really think about that too much right. back then. We just thought, "Ah, these are the days she's coming right and so there were very few of us that signed up, but interestingly enough, I'm still friends with a couple of the guys that were in my class in fourth grade through Facebook.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Uh, now, when you started in fourth grade, um, now when you got to middle school and high school, did you have ensembles to play in? Yes, yeah. uh, we
1: we did. And we even had a small ensemble uh, that played in the f- fourth grade, fifth grade for co- uh, concerts for PTO or PTA yes. as it was called back then. And we we played in school mainly, but we had some nighttime concerts. And um, when I was in fifth grade, they divided the town into two groups, and one went to one group went to a very old school that was built in the seventeen hundreds.
0: Uh, that is an old school. Yes, <laughs> late
1: seventeen hundreds, but it was a six room big old schoolhouse, uh, and the way uh new england towns were formed where it was there was a church um a school and the fire department yeah. all around the town commons yeah and so we had a six-room schoolhouse at no cafeteria we had to bring our lunches from home and we got to buy milk from a cooler in one of those cardboard containers yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. uh and take it in eat it in our seats, in our yeah. room. Uh, we had calisthenics on the town common led by the principal when the weather nice. was not nasty. <laughs> and <laughs> we it. got to see the fire trucks run out whenever there was a fire. Yeah,
0: yeah. That's amazing. That's interesting how things differ and change throughout the years. Especially the principal leading. <laughs> <laughs> yes. everybody. We didn't guess, have a in. PE teacher. It right. was
1: only the principal when... Uh, the weather was good enough when the weather was good um what
0: well, what a shame it was when that fourth and fifth grade strings program that i when i came to lee county we had one yes and um as teachers left and went on to different places they didn't get replaced
1: yeah well we were told because we had 400 kids in strings, in little O'Le Lee County, yeah, guys- from fourth grade through twelfth grade, we had five string teachers, yeah. and we were told we were an in interruption in the school day, because at, <sighs> at one of the schools, uh, the fifth grade teacher said, all of you go, and I'll go too. And so all of the students in her class came, except for one kid. So she, the teacher could not come. She had yeah. to stay with that one student because it was part of a pullout program. Yeah. So the teacher signed up for private lessons and played with the kids nice. on their concerts. Oh, that's epic. I but uh, since we were involving so many kids and so many kids were uh, missing certain subjects while they right. came to Strings, the school day. Uh, although uh, they were... Uh, academic students who could afford to miss those things but it was frustrating for the classroom teachers and so they aged us out as the fourth graders became fifth graders they did not allow us to replace them with new fourth graders etc
0: yes that's that is awful (laughs) i mean uh the benefits of learning the instrument and learning a whole another language um and then those skills and concepts translate academically yes um it's just awful
1: yeah it was very frustrating it was very sad because then we were uh, down to starting in middle school and for a lot of people that's too late
0: yeah uh yeah well they got other other interests and uh yeah it's definitely too late you lose you lose kids yeah. But
1: but you know, you have to go be flexible and go with the flow. That was what the flow was going to be. So we made the best of lemonade.
0: Yeah. And then slowly but surely that got faded away in the middle schools too. They took away the as teachers left, they um, made the other teachers take on more responsibilities. Yep. So They're they had still less doing ensembles that. and still, yeah, less responsibilities. That's awful. It's, uh, yeah, the the studies behind music education and how it academic uh, affects someone's academic performance. I mean, it's just the data just tells you right there that mm-hmm. one enhances the other. Mm. Awful, awful. Awesome. Well, hopefully some of that will change. We're trying something, but and we'll see if it gets approval. So yes, we'll see. All right, Karen. Um, so um, what what's the uh, size of your ensembles, like in middle school and high school, what kind of, what was the size of your orchestra groups?
1: Well, they are—they were probably bigger than they were, um, they are nowadays, um, just because there's so many more um, things put on the students that they have to have. For example, when we the school system decided to go to the four by four program. Uh With scheduling at the high school level, it was we were told this would be a good thing for the arts because they could take more classes, yeah. so there were um thirty two potential classes the kids could take, and there at that time there were only like twenty four required classes, so that left options for eight um electives, yeah now. There were some kids that could take band or orchestra or chorus all year, every year. But that became fewer and fewer as more classes were loaded onto their schedules. And U.S. history uh, changed back and forth, and I don't even know where it is now, if it's one semester or two semesters for the 11th graders, but often it was two semesters, and I found it sort of weird that world history, the history of the world from the beginning until the present, was one semester. But U.S. history had to be two, two semester semesters for 400 years. That's
0: right. <laughs> so we're more important. <laughs> yeah. Now, now, what about your um, ensemble sizes when you were in middle school and high school?
1: Um we we had solid sizes. Uh, I was in a period of time where there was tremendous growth in my school up uh, in uh, Massachusetts. And right at the end of seventh grade, I moved to Charlotte, North Carolina. Total mm. different life.
0: I would uh, think so.
1: When I was in Massachusetts, our activities during the summer were, I lived on a gravel road, and yeah. it was to get a box of 64 Crayola crayons, and color all the rocks on the road, nice. uh, starting with the rocks in front of my house. <laughs> we didn't get very far on that, but that was what we did for excitement. When we moved to Charlotte, there was a, a nice string program in the school, middle school where I went to school in junior high at the time, and they were experiencing a lot of growth. The neighborhoods were increasing. Um, Kids were coming in playing these instruments from all sorts of places. And we had enough people in our orchestra to have our own orchestra intramural volleyball team, uh, softball team, and basketball team. And so we were like a family. And there probably were 15 of us. And we had gym on A day and orchestra on B day. And so we had to keep. Keep up with, whether it was a gym uniform day or yeah. a musical instrument day, and boy, if you couldn't keep up with that, you were pretty sorry uh, because right. you couldn't wear your violin and you couldn't uh, uh, play violin with your gym suit. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> um. What kind of? What was the brand of your violin? Do you remember?
1: Um. Well, in Massachusetts, I remember. We did not have a music store, so we had to go to the next town, the next big city, which was Worcester. And every three months, my rent on my violin was five dollars for three months. Wow! And that was big, big things back in the sixties, early sixties. And so it was a big thing. Dad would put me in the car, we'd go, and I would get to hand the five dollar bill to the store people, and that let us be good for the next three months um so i don't i think i had a roth violin which is a, a pretty pretty good name instrument i think when we moved to um north carolina i had already been gifted with a very very nice violin a handmade violin there was a violin maker in the next town where we paid our rent and um I was taking private lessons at the time, and he knew my private teacher. He was dying of cancer, wanted to find homes for all All of his his good violins. So um, I just knew at the seventh grade Christmas that I was going to get a violin. And we went through Christmas morning. No violin appeared under the Christmas (laughs) tree. I was just devastated. Then I had a thought, is there anything behind the sofa? And there it was, uh, and so dad had paid a hundred bucks um, on the advice of my private violin teacher to get this violin, and um, it's a very nice instrument, handmade. It's over a hundred years old. Yeah. It celebrated its hundredth birthday in a locker at yeah. um, ASU Music Building while I was at music camp <laughs> working there. Um, so, and then I bought one to take to school every day and leave the good one at home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, Because, you know, you didn't want to be transporting a nice instrument. Right,
0: Uh, exactly. I always told a lot of my uh, kids, too, that if we had one at school, I'd be like, just play the school one while you're here and keep your home one at home. (laughs) Yes. And they'll bring it back and forth. Um, Did your uh, middle school or high school groups, did you guys get to travel to perform any?
1: Oh, yes. Um, Well... When we were in the middle school group, uh, we had enough people. We had all those intramural teams, and and most of the kids took privately. And when we got to the high school that year, it was like two middle schools or junior highs converging into one high school. And by the time uh, we were in the 10th grade, there were 105 people in our orchestra. And it was a pretty good orchestra. We had a string teacher and a brass teacher who both taught um, collaboratively in that venture, and we'd have sectionals. Um, Yes, we got to travel a whole lot. We got to go and participate in all-state orchestras, all-over-state, the contest festivals. Um, Our directors were very um, interested in giving us good opportunities. Uh, on my birthday in, uh, on my 16th birthday, Aaron Copeland came to Charlotte. Oh
0: my God. And,
1: uh, directed our orchestra.
0: Oh my God. Yes.
1: Uh, he was 76 years old mm. and he walked out onto stage, just such a feeble man. Yeah. I, uh, and he was stooped all over t- towards, the, um, uh, the front and, uh, we, we thought, oh, this is going to be uh, slower than we had practiced it. Yes. We were playing uh, uh, Rodeo, yeah. and um, oh my gosh, no, he no, he, he sort of, he got on the podium, sort of cranked up his back, stood up tall, <laughs> and let us go, and yeah. oh my gosh, we played, and um, we, we earned enough money, uh, and... The right to go to Midwest Band and Orchestra Clinic, yeah. and perform in 1971. In December, we chartered a, a Eastern Airlines 727 Ooh, jet. You guys
0: did earn some money.
1: Five thousand. Well, at that time, the jet was five thousand two hundred eighty dollars <laughs> to have a jet all to ourselves. Yep. We chartered it uh, both ways. We spent. Six days and five nights in Chicago uh, doing all sorts of wonderful things. I remember waking up one day and um, they said, "Uh, do not go outside if you don't have to go outside today. There will be no school at so-and-so school and -and so-and-so school. Mm -hmm. The roofs blew off the school. You know, Chicago is known as the Windy City. So we spent the day at Marshall and Fields, the eight floors of Marshall and Fields. But we did wonderful things. Um, We... Flew the conductor Vaclav Nelibell into Chicago, and he directed us on a piece he wrote a piece for us. We um, had the orchestra director from Wake Forest come yeah. and direct us at that concert also, and wow. um, so we had tons of opportunities. In high school, there was a string quartet in our group that got to play for a Macintosh sound system demonstration. Uh. So we sat there and we played um, Fioco's Allegro in yeah. a quartet version and then the people with the sound system said, now, it wasn't that great? Let's hear it again. So we would mime it and halfway down through the piece, we put our instruments down and the sound was still going, yeah. demonstrating how True to reality, the, the sound was, was. And we got paid $30 each for doing it three wow. times. Our first paying gig. We got yep. to uh, play in banks uptown in Charlotte. We played for President Nixon when he came to Charlotte. Ooh, there you go. Um, when we were in high school. Lots and lots of opportunities. All the great
0: things you get to do in a bigger city.
1: Yes, we had many opportunities.
0: Yeah. Wow, Aaron Copeland. Yes. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, talk about a legend right there. An American legend. All right. Um so Karen, uh uh where did you go to college
1: at? I went to Appalachian. Yeah, so. Appalachian. Uh, wonderful school.
0: Uh what was your uh, major at Appalachian? Uh
1: music ed with a concentration on violin. Uh
0: now um Uh, Did you have to audition in uh, those days? Yes,
1: Yes, we had to audition. And um, during that time, they were pretty generous with some scholarship money to entice you to come. And so I got some scholarship money for having a decent grade on SATs, uh, on the English part particularly. And I had some scholarship money for um, playing the violin. Yes, And I got some work-study experience also by um, through the music department.
0: Nice. Um, uh, who was the violin professor at Appalachian?
1: The uh, violin teacher was James Dellinger. He's still alive. He lives in Hickory, and um, keep up with him through Facebook.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's the... Social media is good for uh, keeping us all together. Yes. Uh, what was the size of the of the violin studio then?
1: Well, um, it's pretty standard. There's about 15 people that make up a studio. Uh, and uh, the professors are paid on how many contact hours they have through yeah. whether it's the private students or uh, he was also the director director of the orchestra at the time, so he got contact hours. There were six violin majors that came in with me, and only three of us left. Three
0: graduated at the end. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds a little typical for college.
1: (laughs) Well, we had a music theory teacher who uh, made it his job. He said there are far too many people that just are good at playing their instruments or wanting to be good at playing their instruments <clears throat> and uh, there are just too many of them, so it was his role to sort them out by uh, making sure they were knowledgeable or not knowledgeable in music theory. And uh, late, he's gone now from the earth, but I hear that he told a lot of people they needed to be selling shoes.
0: Oh, my goodness. <laughs> well, I got to tell you, when I got to, I transferred into Appalachian from uh, Hills Community College, and that was not the case of the music theory teacher there, because when I transferred in, um, I had already taken music theory at Sandhills, and of course they weren't gonna transfer community college to uh, theory over, so I took um like a like a little entrance test to test my knowledge of music theory. and they tested me all the way out of music theory completely except for uh, uh they called it um I think maybe they called it twentieth century or level four, or modern theory, or whatever, but uh, your basic stuff, I tested out of. It doesn't sound like that guy would have let me test out of his <laughs> theory. <laughs> I would have had to start from scratch, I think. He was very tough. Yeah, I think they had four levels of theory when I went, and I went into level, I started maybe level three or level four. I thought that was pretty generous (laughs) because I remember starting and thinking, oh, man, I need to brush up this. I don't remember a lot of this. (laughs)
1: Uh,
0: um, Let's see. Uh, So being an Appalachian uh, alum myself, I'm interested to to know what the campus was like uh, when you were there versus uh, when I went in 1998. uh, What um, The Hayes Music Department, uh, what did it look like? when you went? Well,
1: when, when I went, there wasn't a Hayes Music no, Department. Right. It was uh, the music majors, uh, or the, it wasn't even a school of music. It was just, uh, the music majors were in I.G. Greer. Uh, gotcha. And there were uh, seven practice rooms upstairs, seven practice rooms downstairs, and 14 practice rooms in the new wing of it. And um, there was a lot of, clamoring for practice rooms because yes, we were so. expected to practice several hours a yes, day. Yes,
0: you were. And
1: um it it was a small department. Um it, it was a friendly department. I mean the amount of friends that I made there besides making good music. I mean it was a wonderful experience, yeah. absolutely wonderful. Now the building is still there. Um it's scheduled to be torn down. It's, Remind me
0: where that building is.
1: It was next to the old cafeteria um, on uh, the other side of campus yeah, 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 by yeah, yeah. Sanford Mall. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. And, and um, I lived in East Storm for two years, which East, was yeah, the yeah, yeah. closest dorm to the music building. Yeah. Uh, the trumpet players were encouraged to warm up at 7 o'clock as soon as the building <laughs> opened. And so they were singing and playing and They had their windows open, and people who were not music majors in our dorm were not appreciative of the trumpet majors. But (laughs) um, it was a wonderful place. Uh, It's being used now for offices, and um, they still use a 300-piece auditorium for lectures and movies.
0: Yeah, no, I remember I was thinking, I was like, oh, that's the place where they would show movies and have,
1: guest lectures
0: and stuff yeah i remember
1: still being used for that even though it's scheduled to be uh taken down.
0: i listened to uh tibetan monk chant in that one when they came to appalachia we all got excited to hear them sing harm one person sang harmonies to themselves (laughs) Uh, right in there um uh, all right, so I'm interested to know if some of the things I had to go through at App, uh, maybe you did some of the same things as well. Uh, first, let's see, um, what ensembles did you play in?
1: I was in the symphony orchestra and the string orchestra, and we were in lots of little quartets and small chamber ensembles that we got no credit for but had to do. Um, uh, yeah, I re- yeah. remember. Uh, so... In they all just, the ensembles I could For be. me, they
0: just called it, it was Horn Studio, and then you got told if you were going to be in this group or that group, but you didn't get credit for those. Yeah. It's interesting that your violin studio was 15 people. My horn studio was like 15 people. I would have thought viol- there'd be more Well, violin.
1: no, there's a formula. Um, I have worked the administration end of the music camp and have been Privy to how all that stuff is decided, and yeah. so, like, if um, you're a high school student and getting ready to go into uh, being a music major somewhere, there may only be four openings because there's you know freshmen, sophomore, juniors, yep. and seniors, and so you're going to have uh, perhaps four people per year. In that studio, and every year you have to replace what graduates. So interesting, yeah. Um, It's contact hours.
0: Oh, it's how many contact hours they give each student. I would have just assumed there'd be a a ton of violins.
1: Well, no, and and sometimes there's multiple teachers. um there were two trumpet teachers. At that time, there were all, there was only one violin teacher because they were trying to build the studio. Now, nowadays, there's a violin teacher and an adjunct faculty member that also go. teaches violin, and the viola professor has some violin students also. Gotcha.
0: Um, let's see, uh, so I had to learn virtually Um, every instrument offered in the public school system, or at least take uh, several weeks on it to get semi-proficient. Did you have to do the same thing? Yes.
1: Um, As instrumental music majors, we had to learn all the instruments, at least how to make a sound, how to put them together, et cetera. And that's really good information. Did I ever think I was going to have to teach anything Other than strings, no. I thought I was always going to be a string teacher. Reality said, you're going to have to do lots of other things. And so that came in handy. Could I um, teach one of those other instruments? Yeah, I could with assistance uh, and resources that we have available. Would it be the best thing for some of the kids? I'm not sure. (laughs) One year I found myself having to teach art. Now, I knew very little about art, except that I appreciated art. Yeah. Uh, and this was 180 days of art instruction for high school kids. Yeah. And at that time, there were 35 projects that the art teachers made the kids do. I was in charge of all the fine arts people, so I knew what the art teachers did. Yeah. But when um, I was called at the towards the middle of the summer and said this is your schedule for next year, uh, orchestra, music theory, chorus, and art. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm sorry, you've got my schedule mixed up with someone, someone else. else's. Yeah. They said, no art. And I just cried and cried for the rest of the summer because I knew what they had to do. right? And I could not uh, draw, teach someone how to draw yeah. 2D drawings and 3D uh, three-dimensional drawings. I, I could not do the corner of the room and I could not do the hall. And for the rest of the summer, till school started, I practiced doing those things and there was nothing that looked like eh. a corner of the room or right. a hall. Mm. Um, but my colleagues in the art department were so wonderful about keeping me after school every day, yep. planning my lessons, teaching me how teaching to do it. how to do it so you yep. could teach it. Eh. And... and they were just wonderful doing that.
0: Well, wow. Yeah, I had to teach um, remedial math one year. And I was I was scared. I was like, you got to be kidding me. I was like, I told my principal, I was like, you know, I audited every math class I took in college. I had to take them twice to get through them. And I went, he was like, well, you're just teaching the remedial kids. And I was like, oh, man, we might be on the same page. So I would learn the lesson the day before. I'd have to, because I didn't know how to do yeah. any of it. And then I would... Teach them the very next day, and that's how it went. I'd have to learn the math stuff because I, I, just, I could do it. We luckily I wasn't state tested or anything.
1: <laughs> I had one student um, who I taught violin to in elementary school, and then um, when she was in ninth grade, she was in my chorus. And when she was a senior, she shows up in my art class, and she said, "Miss Huey, I didn't know you taught art." I said, "I didn't either." <laughs> <laughs>
0: She says, you'll find out quick. I don't. <laughs> that's what I told my math kids. Yeah.
1: It it didn't hurt her, though. I mean, she still remembers art with good feelings. So that's, that's all that matters.
0: Um, uh, what was your favorite instrument uh, that you learned to play at Appalachian? All those other instruments we had to become semi-proficient on. What was your favorite one?
1: Well... There was not a lot of call for string instruments in the pep band. <clears throat> so I learned enough trumpet to play in a pep band for the basketball games. And they treated the the pep band members to steak dinners at the Gold Room uh-huh. uh, before all the basketball games. So, you know, that was a good gravy train yeah, to get on. Uh, I so. so I bought a. Uh, my sister gave me one of her trumpets, and I played the third trumpet part on the Star-Spangled Banner. C C C C C C C C C C B C. I could I could get those notes, and so I had some fun playing the trumpet. Um, I had originally wanted to play French horn, but I had yes. some major bracing. Of yeah. teeth mm-hmm. issues, and that yeah, was not complete. Braces are not French
0: Orange's best friend. No. I know that one myself. Um, what was your least favorite of the instruments to play?
1: Mm, probably just drums, not all percussion instruments, just yeah. drums, because it just hurt my ears. Oh, yeah.
0: mine was the flute. I had to, that was the only instrument they did not uh, pass me at the end of the semester on my uh woodwind's proficiency, just because of the flute we had to uh we had to play i think a couple of scales and and then we had to do the chromatic um i don't know if it was one octave or two octaves how far up the chromatic we had to be proficient on no i was not i could not get it flute is hard i had to uh i had to uh they gave me like a incomplete or something and i had to take lessons with the flute instructor until I I got that passed off, and then they changed it. (laughs) Oh, no, the flute, that was dreadful. Uh, I really liked the oboe,
1: was was one I liked playing. Oboists have the highest insanity rate of musicians because it puts Uh, such pressure on a certain gland.
0: Oh, interesting. Now, I did enjoy playing the oboe. And... uh, this is probably the fault of them. Uh, for strings, since I was uh, a brass player and I was going to be teaching marching band, uh, for, for strings proficiency, all I had to choose was high strings or low strings. I didn't have to do both. And so I did high strings, I did viola. And little did I know that viola is not in treble clef. <laughs> <laughs> right. I had no idea when I signed up for it. I just It was sort of like a French horn sound. Uh, and I, that's, that's where I went to, and I was like, what is that thing? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that can be confusing.
0: Uh, but I did, I did, like, viola, too, in um, there, but... Uh,
1: My baptism by fire on the viola was I had played violin, and then because I was a violinist, they did not do anything with viola with me, yeah. and so I did some cello stuff, and so... My senior year, I was off student teaching, but I was local to the area. They were dedicating Farthing Auditorium, which is now the Schaeffer Center for Performing Arts. I don't Um, don't
0: realize they changed the name.
1: Yes, someone gave more money. Yep. And so um, we were performing Brahms' German Requiem, which is a tremendously difficult but beautiful piece of music, and... The violin teacher uh, sent me a message and said, come on by, we need you to play on this opening of this um, building. Uh, I've got music for you. Well, I went by, picked up the envelope and thought, well, I'll look at it a week before the event. And I did, I opened it up and there was viola music. And I called him back and I said, hey, you gave me the wrong set of music. This is viola music. He said, no, I need you to play viola. I, he said, I've got enough violins. I need you to play viola. I said, I've never played viola, and I don't have one. Yeah. He said, I've got one here for you. Come by and get it. <laughs> and so the first thing I had to play on viola was Brahms Requiem, which is just extremely hard. So I learned baptism by fire. Yeah,
0: well, that says a lot about your skills to to get on there. Um, for those of you that don't know, the, uh, the uh, viola is practically the only instrument that does not follow the uh, standard, um, uh, what was the word I'm trying to look for, uh, the standard, um, most instruments are, all the high instruments are in a treble clef, and the bass instruments are in a bass clef, and then the viola is all by itself, and nobody knows how to read viola music, uh, the notes are all named differently in a different spots, and uh, it's awful if you're not a viola player. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> um, when did you? Uh, oh, um, uh, so did you have to do a uh, jury at the end? I'm uh, just thinking oh, of yeah. remembering that word correctly.
1: Every semester, we, or we were in quarters the first three years yeah. I was there. So, every, three times a year. We had juries at the end of the quarters. Oh, wow. And then my senior year, they went to semester, so we only had to do it um, twice that year. <laughs>
0: now, was your jury in front of the school or just in the studio?
1: Because
0: um, mine was, uh, each semester, we did a jury for the studio, and we really only played like one or two pieces for the studio.
1: We had to do juries in front of all the string faculty, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. so it was the violin teacher, viola teacher, cello teacher, and bass teacher. Well, it was not that if there when was, I was one. There. And um but not the students. It was just before the faculty members. Gotcha. But then we were also given recital responsibilities. I had a junior recital that I shared with someone and a senior recital that I had all by my lonesome.
0: Yeah, I just I just had a senior recital all by my lonesome. And then each semester you had to perform in front of your your uh, studio. Yeah, we did not teacher. have to do that. But I, we didn't have to perform in front of faculty at the end of the semester. Yeah,
1: and the faculty had to all pass us off.
0: That uh, was way more serious in your day than it was in mine. No, it was just your, uh, just your professor, and then the students. So I there was a lot of peer pressure playing <laughs> yeah. in front of all the other kids.
1: Uh, when did you graduate Appalachian? I graduated from Appalachian in 1976, and... um, That
0: was the year I was born.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Matt. Uh, And um, was lucky enough to get a phone call um, to come to Sanford uh, to interview for a job. A friend of mine and I had gone to several interviews in different cities. She was a band person looking for a band job. I was looking for a string job. I... We had our um, interview um, process. We would leave Charlotte at 6 in the morning, dressed in our shorts and our comfy uh, T-shirts. We would go to the Shoney's in the town where we were going to have our interview, sneak off after eating breakfast there one at a time to the bathroom, get in our interview duds, and find out where the the interview was. Well, that worked in several cities. it came time for Sanford. I asked if there was an opening for the band position and they said, we might have one of those. Tell her to come along. We did our strategies. We left six o'clock in the morning, got to Sanford. There was no Nope, Not yet. Uh, And so it was like, oh my goodness, what do we do? So we <clears throat> it was before gps and we had gotten instructions how to get to the building uh downtown it was at the Wilrick hotel the school board offices were yeah. we couldn't find any place ne- we didn't want to deviate from the from the path too much cuz we'd afraid we'd get lost and so we wound up at lee drug or Lazarus Drug on Steel Street, which is now the Republican uh, headquarters, and we thought we'd order breakfast. Well, they didn't have breakfast. Uh, They only had lunch, even though it was 9.30 in the morning. So we ordered grilled cheese sandwiches, (laughs) and then we were going to slip off to the bathroom one at a time and change our clothes. No public bathroom. Oh, no. So it's 10 minutes till 10, where parked on Wicker Street and getting ready to panic because we're still dressed in our cute little short outfits. And there was a clothing store, D.A. Kelly's or Dax, that was next door to the Wilrick Hotel. And the lady was changing the mannequins. The store wasn't even open yet and we knocked on the window and she let us use the dressing rooms to change in there and so we made it to our 10 o'clock interview (laughs) and at that time they interviewed us all day because i would sit on this little bench and the band person would be in there for an interview then I would be in there, and she'd be on the bench. And then they took us to lunch. Then they took us around and showed us some of the schools. They introduced us to some of the principals and assistant principals. And so at 5 o'clock, we were finally leaving Sanford. Wow. And it had been a long day, it's a much, lot of information. Much
0: different interview process than uh, Yes,
1: know, yeah. and, and it turns out they bought us lunch at the dairy bar. Yeah, And I remember sitting in one of those back booths uh, eat, with one of the school officials yeah. eating lunch back there. Um, and so the next day, uh, I got a phone call, but I was at the swimming pool. When I got home, uh, my mother said, you've got a call from so-and-so at Lee County Schools. You need to call him back. And this was like 6 o'clock. Yeah. I just was devastated because I knew They don't work at 6 o'clock. Well, this person did. So I called him back, and he offered me the job. Oh, cool. And I said, what about the band job? Is there a band opening? And they said, well, not at this time. We don't think there is. Uh, So um, I was signed on, and my friend had to find a job elsewhere, which she did. And then the next year, uh, they said to me, you know that girl that came with you for your interviews? Uh, we got a band job now if she wants one, oh. and so yes, she did want one because she was a flute player teaching strings in Greenville, yeah. North Carolina. Yes,
0: she would want one. Yes,
1: five eighths time. So yeah. yes, she jumped on that, and she taught here for three years, and band and strings.
0: Nice. So Lee County was your first teaching spot.
1: My. First and only.
0: First and only. So uh, so you started uh, Lee County Schools in, in 76. Yes. And Well,
1: actually, it was only Sanford City Schools in yep. 1976. Right. In 1977, they consolidated and became the Lee County Schools. The a city and county schools went together, and East and West were born.
0: Right. Okay. Now, when you first started, were you at the Lee County high school property was that was that built? um
1: my first year i taught for lee county city school i mean lee C- sanford city school sorry yeah. and um it was wicker yeah in jonesboro um and um, lee senior
0: and so did you what strings programs did you cover then what were you, what was your what what all did you have to do
1: um there had been a teacher who had been here four years previously, and had started the string program. So my high school kids were in ninth and 10th grade, Um, and then I taught 6th, 7th, and 8th at the middle schools. Gotcha. And so I had a great group of kids, but I only had like 27 at the high school and maybe 7 at one of the middle schools and 10 at the other.
0: So, did you still just do strings, or did they have you do other stuff?
1: Uh, I did strings, just did strings, strings uh, because I was traveling,
0: right? That and would take um, your time up.
1: I had the three schools. Then yeah. the next year, when they consolidated, I taught at Lee Senior, uh, East, West, Wicker, Broadway, yeah. Jonesboro, and Greenwood, and Deep River. Wow! I did five different schools a day, so I was in my car
0: yes.
1: more than I was in some rooms, and I um, so. that I was itinerant for many years, yeah. and not not always that many schools, but uh, quite a few schools. And then when I became un-itinerant, that's when they started doing other things with me, like chorus, um, music theory, yeah. art. I was the um student government advisor for a year yeah
0: yeah yeah uh so when did um w- when did you start teaching solely at lee county high school when about when did that start probably fifteen years in oh yeah. wow, so you traveled for a long time yes, i did wow, that took a while then mm. um so uh when did uh so when did you start doing chorus oh
1: um <clears throat> Dr. Bowman had been the chorus teacher, had done a wonderful job of chorus, had lots of chorus classes, lots of chorus kids. The first several years I was here, the orchestra kids accompanied the chorus kids. On many things. We did Brahms' German Requiem yeah. here with my string kids playing the orchestra parts, which was not easy at all. Yeah, but no. And the chorus singing, the chorus parts in German, of course. Yeah. And we did um, Carmina Burana. We did Schubert's G. We did all sorts of really good music. Uh, we were lucky enough to travel also with the chorus. We went to TV studios for Channel Two, in um, Greensboro, and taped some things. We performed at the World's Fair nice. in Knoxville, Tennessee, uh, with the chorus. Um, we performed in Washington, D.C., with the chorus. We performed all over the place, and so that was a good thing. Um, we we p- performed tons of really good music, so uh there was, after Dr. Bowman went into administration, there were several other chorus teachers that came in and spent some time. And finally, um, there had been a string of them and the choral enrollment had decreased right. because you couldn't sing in middle school right. here in Lee County. You, still you, can. Had, you had wonderful choruses in fifth grade and all the way through elementary school and you could not sing in middle school. So trying to get some guys to sing when there was no feeder program was very hard to do. So the choral enrollment had dwindled down, and um, the principal at the time told me that um, he was going to just take that position away and use it for something else. And he was going to reassign me to include chorus since I was at the high school longer days. That's when this started. And I guess it was late 80s, early 90s maybe, Mm -hmm. probably early 90s. And um, when he told me that... (laughs) I was just not prepared to teach chorus. right. I mean, we had that one vocal class uh freshman year in college, but
0: yep, that's you know, all I took and
1: i didn't I said there's problems with this. I don't sing, and I don't play the piano, yeah, and he said, I bet you sing in the shower <laughs> and I said, And the dog howls that's right, and he said, We'll pay for piano players for you. Hmm. Famous last words. That's
0: right. No, I was like, oh, whatever. I'm sure they didn't do that.
1: Well, actually, uh, a principal, not him, but another principal later on, there was a scheduling problem. Uh, He wanted to reschedule the Honor Society Induction. And he said, I'm going to have Honor Society, since I was head of fine arts, and I also operated the light board and the lights and sound in the auditorium, he felt he needed to tell me when he was going to have something. He said, I'm going to have the Honor Society induction such and such day. I said, that's not a good idea. That's the Broadway, I mean, that's the Sanford Christmas Parade. And all the cheerleaders and band people, And athletes would be be in the parade. I said, oh, thank you for telling me that. And so then um, he set another date. And I said, oh, no, you can't have it that night. It's my chorus concert. He didn't think that would be a problem. Uh, So um, he scheduled it that night. I said, well, my accompanist for my chorus is one of my orchestra students who is in honor society and her sister is being inducted and so it is a conflict yeah. and but it wasn't a conflict he wouldn't resolve he said how much is it going to cost me to get to a piano player <laughs> and i told him how much money it was and uh, that was the only time they ever paid for a piano player <laughs> i paid for lots of piano yeah, players I so. and i had lots of wonderful students and friends who were very gifted and could play, but um, it it was a problem.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah. Because I, I always knew you as the orchestra as a chorus teacher and orchestra teacher, so I wasn't sure how long you were wearing both of those hats.
1: Yeah, and, and I was. I mean, that was like teaching art. I had to teach chorus before I taught art, and it was something I went into with great fear because I didn't want to cheat any of the kids. Yes, right. But I learned to love it. And I had many, 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 many good years in chorus. And I hope that they loved it as much as I do.
0: Yeah. Well, that's good that the, your experience uh, turned out positive with it. Um, what, what, was, uh, what do you think is the biggest difference between teaching chorus kids and teaching orchestra kids?
1: Well, orchestra kids, you have an instrument to blame things on. <laughs> Chorus, when you are blaming, you can't do this, that, the other, you're blaming yourself for part of your body that's, <laughs> that you haven't learned to control correctly. Yeah. So that's different.
0: Um, did you ever, your uh, orchestra groups, did they ever, did you ever take them for to critiquing or judging?
1: Yes, I did. Um, I took them to orchestra festival for several years. Um, And while there was some merit to that, um, I didn't have excellent instrumentation, meaning the balance of X number of instruments to X number of instruments. I always did the best we could do with what we had. And at that time... Lots of times the the people adjudicating us would say, you need more violas. Well, yeah, yeah I, didn't, I knew I needed more violas. I didn't need to pay $100 I, in registration fee, in paying for a bus driver, et cetera, to hear that. So we went several years, um, and then we found other things to do. We were very active in this community, playing for any and everything that needed music. Right. So we we were locally well known and I was known across the state because I held major leadership roles in the teaching organization across the state.
0: Yeah. I mean, oh my goodness, every time I talked to anybody in the state of North Carolina and uh and I mentioned, yeah, I'm one from Sanford, and they're like, Oh, do you know Karen Dewey?" <laughs> yeah. I was like, Oh yeah, I found out. Um uh extensively, yeah. You are uh, vastly well known in the music community throughout uh, infamous
1: the Infamous or famous. Um, I was at a doctor's office in another town this past week. And as I went into the uh, waiting area, I saw two ladies and I thought, they're from Sanford. They have got to be from Sanford. I think I should know them. And so I checked in and sat down and the younger of the two ladies, who was still older than I was, um, said, are you from Sanford? Do you live in Sanford? I said, yes, I live in Sanford. And she looked at me real hard. She said, did you play for my first wedding? (laughs) And I looked at her real hard, and she had given me a name. But it wasn't her current name. Uh, It was, well, it was her current name, and she was no, no longer married to that person. And I, she said, I think you played for my first wedding. Mm-hmm. I looked at her and said, did you get married across the street from the Dairy Bar and down Carvington Road a little? Yeah. And she said, I did. Yeah. And she said, that was 1979. <laughs> and then a Thursday night, I was hosting a group of... An, um. A group of the first orchestra students that started in lee county we try to have a yearly um reunion yeah. and catch up and uh one of the girls said did you play for my wedding do you remember my wedding she knew i paid, played for it and i wasn't able to answer her because we were in other conversations and so the next morning i texted her i said didn't you get married at your mother's house on such and such road? And she said, I did. (laughs) And it made her feel good that I did remember.
0: (laughs) Um, yeah, just, uh, just the other day when, um, uh, my daughter, Sophie has been taking cello lessons from Karen for a long time and she's got an audition coming up. And, and so, uh, she told Karen, she was like, yeah, I have to audition. And the The person at NC State, his name is something so and so. Karen says, "Oh yeah, I, I know him." <laughs> he was like, "Oh yeah, yeah, uh, yeah." You are uh, quite well known, and I didn't realize another story. I didn't know how well known you were until I was at Appalachian, and uh, I we were we were playing or we in rehearsal for something or other, and uh, somebody came up to the. I forget his name, who was uh, leading us. And they whisper in his ear. And he says, It must have been something about Canon Music Camp. And he was like, Oh, yeah. And he goes, And he goes, Hey, Matt, you're from Sanford, aren't you? And I said, Yeah. And he
1: goes, Are you going to be seeing Karen Huey?
0: <laughs> and I was like, Maybe.
1: <laughs> now, interestingly, that you brought that up, I attended Canon Music Camp in its third year of existence in 1971. I went there for the summer. Yeah. And um, in 1973, I started working there. Wow. And I have been working there for 50 years, and I worked there this summer. Um, and uh, so I that's how I kept touch with Appalachian, yes. and that's how uh, I am still known, because I work at Cannon Music Camp. When I left camp to come home this year, I had my camp T-shirt on, and I stopped at Dewey's Bakery in Winston-Salem to buy some goodies. And the girl saw my shirt. She said, Cannon Music Camp? I went there in uh, 1995. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, it's something I see people all over the country. Yeah. I was doing stained glass art, several years ago, and I needed some stained glass, and there's a stained glass shop in Aberdeen. So um, I went down there, and I went into the place, and I saw this girl sitting at the desk, and I knew she had gone to Cana Music Camp. Yeah. And um, I knew her name. I, I was able to do all that. And then her father-in-law came into the shop. He actually owned the shop. I didn't know that. And he said, he looked at me and he goes, all right, you can ride the elevator up, but please take the stairs down. Because when his son was at Canada Music Camp, I was the elevator operator (laughs) on moving day. And we had so many people bringing stuff in. We had to man the elevator. And you know, we didn't want people just to be riding down the nine flights as, yeah. uh, it, uh, to the bottom because it clogged up the elevator. And so I saw three people that day from Cannon Music <laughs> Camp, unbeknownst to me.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah. I've, I forgot about that. You've been at Cannon, done Cannon Music Camp at Appalachian for, yeah, 50 years. That's, that's outstanding. And uh, Cannons, uh definitely one of the longer running, probably, music camps. For uh, for students each summer throughout the country, definitely very well known. Yeah, we've we've uh, had tens
1: of thousands of people uh, from foreign countries, um, from all over the place.
0: Now, Cannon, um, is it's like a three week? Is it three or four week? It camp?
1: used to be four. Before the economy tanked in two thousand eight, it was a four week camp in order to make it a viable thing and affordable for families we had to cut back to three years yeah. and even then uh, prices have gone up so much I don't see how a lot of people can afford it although the Canon Foundation that's your not your copiers but your uh, sheets and towels yeah. uh, industry does support that it's named for that group of uh, business people, the towels and the sheets, rather than <laughs> the copiers. We have two ends in the middle yeah, yeah. instead of just one. <laughs> um, and they <laughs> subsidize it by sponsoring scholarships yeah. for 95% of the kids.
0: Oh, wow. That's a large
1: percentage of the kids. Yes, but it's very costly to go there.
0: Yes. Uh, I remember when we were looking at prices to send my kids to Canon and we were like, mm, uh, I don't know how we can explain that. Yeah, but... Uh, Worth every penny, if you can have those pennies to spend. Yeah. For sure. All right, Karen. So uh, one thing that you have started here, or many things you started in Lee County, which are great, but one that's still uh, well-known and longstanding is the Lee County Community Orchestra. Yes. Uh, when did uh, when did that begin?
1: Um, it actually, uh, we're in our 36th season getting ready to start. 36 years, so whatever the math is, late yeah. 80s. Uh, Don McLaughlin, who was head of Parks and Recreation, played very good trumpet. And he wanted an avenue to play. Yeah, sure. So we started at what was then just the old elementary school, which is now the man Center. And we put out some feelers. I was teaching a lot of kids at school. I had had a Lee County Community Orchestra that was kids and grown-ups for several years, but it was through the school system, and um, we melded the two, and yeah, yeah. he gave us a place to play, ryanet led us through all that, and um, we are still here today.
0: Yes, Yeah. Um, yeah, Lee County Community Orchestra has been going strong, and... Uh, I've been fortunate to play with them a few seasons, and both my daughters have been able to play uh, with them. And uh, Sophie, my cello player, especially for the last several years, all through high school, has been playing. And, and I've got to say, I, w- I just assumed uh, when I first joined uh, that it was just going to be, you know, like nice, simple tunes the community did and got together. Uh, but when I started at a college I played, uh lee county community orchestra you guys it is legit uh i had never played uh, most of the stuff was as difficult as i played in college or more so uh it it is not it is not shy from the no. from uh the difficulty of music that's out there it is uh, grade a um uh music uh for sure um and now twice now um i talked with uh michaela pearl uh who took with you and she had such kind words for you uh when she at lee county high school and i asked her i was like how was the transition from high school to college uh violin playing at Appalachian? did you struggle with the the jump and she said well no i was in the lee county community orchestra and uh, that prepared me just fine that she didn't find the, and she didn't find the music switch challenging at all because she had been in the orchestra Yeah,
1: and and that's a lovely thing. We have had wonderful conductors who have believed in us, who have lifted the players into being able to do more than we ever thought we would be able to do. Yeah. And um, so that is a blessing, and it's tough stuff. It's not watered-down stuff. I mean, we borrow stuff from major symphony orchestras, and we have quite a library. We have wonderful community support here can't say enough about um, the community people who come to the concerts, who give us money so we can operate.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I know Sophie, um, she was a little concerned going into state and playing at the orchestra up there about am I going to make it? Am I going to be able to play well enough? Is it going to be too hard? And I was like, oh no, it is not going to be too difficult. You're in the Lee County Community Orchestra. The stuff there will be... uh, It might even be less difficult (laughs) Yes. Yes. when you get up there. uh, I was like, you're going to be just fine. You're going to be just fine just because you had that wonderful experience. So, uh, yeah, I highly encourage any student in the Lee County uh, Orchestra or Band program, if they really want to uh, get better, uh, join the Lee County Community Orchestra. It It will get you there.
1: And our conductor does not yell at people.
0: No, I can tell you, um, you know, I took a long break from playing when my kids were born. And I just didn't play for the longest time. And then uh, when they got good enough on their instruments, I made them join the community orchestra. And I went back right with them. And uh, it took a while to get the rust off. But, no, they they welcome everybody in there. And, uh, yeah, it'll definitely will definitely make you a better player.
1: And we're having our first rehearsal on August 22nd, 6.30 to 9 o'clock in Lee Sr. at the um, Band Arts Building in the Instrumental Rehearsal Hall. We would welcome you to come and try us out.
0: Yep, Tuesday nights, right? Yes. Tuesday nights, 6.30 to 9 at Lee County High School in the band room. Uh, yeah, they've been there for a long time. But definitely look them up. And uh, they are, uh, the music is is difficult, but it's quite fun uh, to get yourself there
1: uh, to whet your appetite. We're playing Romeo and Juliet overture by Tchaikovsky, oh. Finlandia by Sibelius, and a flute concerto oh. by Renicky, and uh, that's our first concert.
0: Oh, I remember Sibelius being uh, just awful to play, like difficult. <laughs> yes,
1: but beautiful to listen to.
0: Uh, yeah. Um, I the. I forget the the uh, the the work we were performing when COVID shut us down.
1: The kalinikov
0: That was it. And that was the hardest thing I have ever played in my life.
1: And when we had our meetings this summer with our conductor, he chooses the music for the next year, and he did not know who we were at that time. Yeah. And so um, we had practiced eight rehearsals on this piece, and it was horribly difficult. Yes, it was But difficult. it was beautiful it, it, by a Russian composer, and we were playing the whole symphony with Tara as our conductor. That was the
0: longest piece uh, <clears throat> of music, too, When they put that on my stand. I was like, oh, my goodness, how many pages is this thing?
1: It's The viola <laughs> part was like 24 pages uh-huh. long. And Anyway, so Vincent was outlining the season, and he said, and in the spring, I would like to do... Kalinikov Symphony number, whether it's one or two, I don't yeah. remember. And I just stopped. And we have board members who are Pause players. Pause in the room.
0: Pause in the room. You're like, what do you mean?
1: Players <laughs> and people who are non-players who support us and help us get where we need to go. I said, we were playing that until COVID shut us down. I said, I had already loaded the percussion stuff in the car, was headed to the uh venue site for that concert and covid shut us down that friday we didn't even get to have the dress rehearsal or the concert we
0: practiced that tuesday
1: yep and uh tara is going to loan it to us because she owns it Mm. i don't know if that's a good that was so awful
0: i mean I don't remember even if it sounded good or not. Yes, I just, it did.
1: It, it was wonderful. It was the
0: hardest thing I'd ever learned to play. I don't remember anything in college being this difficult.
1: Now, we have played several things since that then that were more, are more difficult. So, yeah. you know, we're, we're punting back a tiny bit, and it will be nice that we have already had, a majority of the people have had eight rehearsals on it.
0: Now, I found it difficult because... It wasn't that there was the rhythms were difficult um, or the notes were um, you know out of my range or anything.
1: It's fast.
0: It was fast and, but it was also the the listening. I would play and I was like, do I have the right notes? I was like, I'm playing what's on the page, but I can't hear if I'm playing the right thing or not. Um, the chordal structure it just was more advanced. Uh, it just took forever before my ears finally said there you go there you yep. go that's I'm it.
1: so happy he picked that piece because the majority of the orchestra had fallen in love with it we didn't like it when we first got it and you know that's a a thing that kids and younger players need to know you may not like something the first time you play it the first time my kids at in high school played pacobos Canon they absolutely hated it and I thought I could see that I thought this is just too hard once you once you get through it and can play it you'll like it and they loved it except the cello players who only get to play eight notes <laughs> over and over and over <laughs> yeah, I
0: have to tell Sophie and I was like oh no, we'll play on that one only eight notes yeah that sounds like a like a, a the orchestra piece that has like no brass except for the horns and uh, they play a few notes every 45 or 50 measures. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you just sit and count, and hopefully you got your county right, because it's a long time. <laughs> uh, yeah, Lee County Orchestra is great. Um, so, how many years did you teach with Lee County Schools? 37. 37. So... Michael Wilkins just had to stay a few extra years to be you <laughs> yes <laughs> to take that title away <laughs> I was wondering how long you had stayed I wasn't sure on the longevity because I knew mike um Wilkins the band director at Lee County high School and your colleague for for years and years yes um and they share the same uh, uh band room or or music room the rehearsal room so they would have to fight for who goes when and what period and
1: Oh, we worked together for over 25 years, yeah. and um, it was very wonderful working with him. I We are still real close friends.
0: Yeah, so I I wondered, I was like, I knew Mike had said he would start it, I think he said this was year 38 or something. This is 39 for him. 39. So he's always just rubbing it in on you, yeah. having to get a little extra. <laughs> Um all right um I'm going to ask you some uh like just a fun questions uh uh what was what's one of the uh your favorite pieces you've ever got a chance to play on
1: Um I love Barbara Adagio for Strings. Yeah, um yeah. I love anything by Tchaikovsky. So I'm really excited yeah. about Romeo and Juliet. The Russian composers are my favorite.
0: They are really good. You yes. can't
1: go bad with Bach, Vivaldi or any of those people.
0: Yeah. I always play Vivaldi for my kids at Ingram because they're so like the four seasons they are so showy. Yes. And, um, and good ones to play. Um, uh, let's see. All right. You answered three of my questions all at once. Uh, what has been the hardest piece that you've ever had to perform either like as a soloist or in a group? What was do you think one of your most challenging things you've had to learn?
1: Well, things are more challenging now for me because I have some really bad arthritis. And um, getting older like I am, your mind doesn't work as fast as it used to do. So anything that is fast for me is challenging. Um, Some of the things we've played in orchestra have just gone by so fast that no matter how often I practice, how long I practice, My fingers just do not move that fast anymore. I do not move that fast anymore. (laughs) So that's been a challenge. So I would say anything fast in the last 10 years.
0: Yeah. Um, All right. Um, Karen, if you um, had not gone to school for music education, what do you think you would have gone to school for?
1: I loved history. Yeah. And so I might have been a history teacher. I, I probably always wanted to be a teacher. But probably it would
0: have been history. Yeah, I always loved history too. Um, besides the violin, what what other the string instruments? Well, I guess viola would be the one you like. Yeah, to play. i I'm,
1: I play a lot of viola because not a lot of people do play a lot of viola. So I I I have played cello at places. I have played bass at Kennedy Center with a singing group. I mean, st- I've played all the string instruments. At one point I'd love to take some guitar lessons. Yeah. And I said I was going to take piano and guitar when I retired. I've been too busy. Yeah. to <laughs> devote the time to either of those.
0: Now, did you start now are you playing viola in the community orchestra just because of the need for it? Yes. Yeah.
1: Yes, um I played violin probably for the first 10 years of orchestra and for the last 25 I've played viola. Just because yeah. someone had to do it. someone had to do it.
0: Now, how often do you get to play violin now?
1: I play at church quite a bit. Um, I play either violin or viola at lots of weddings and civic ex- events. So uh, I'm what we call a switch hitter. Yes. I have several students who are also switch hitters, and I have several colleagues who are switch hitters. So like... If I invite people to play for a wedding, they'll say, what instrument? (laughs) And I'll have to work out, well, who's playing violin? Who's playing viola?
0: I love it. All right, um, Karen. Uh, So to uh, end the podcast, um, uh, I'm going to ask everybody the same sort of like six rapid fire questions. And I always find it's interesting to see how each person answers a little differently. Um what is one of the most beautiful things you've ever seen? And I like how this one always stumps people. Yeah. Um, they think for a second.
1: Just interactions of family people. Um different families do it different ways, but the family interactions just amaze me. Oh, it's a great I think they're beautiful. Answer.
0: Uh what's one of your favorite smells? Apple pie. Apple pie, yum. Uh, What's your favorite kind of sandwich?
1: I like a good chicken salad sandwich.
0: Nice. Uh, What is your favorite kind of drink? Cheer wine. Yes, you are one of my people. I love, I'm not supposed to drink cheer wine. I love cheer wine. Me (laughs) neither.
1: I consume a lot of it. There's some in the refrigerator behind us.
0: (laughs) Um, what makes you happy every single time it happens?
1: When I see past students um, succeeding in their life, what it doesn't have to be through music. Um, just when they're doing something good, for example, uh, that picture that you took of Sophie and I at the end of our, our at the end of the lesson. Yeah, drew a lot of comments, and I, I love reading all the comments of people. And there was a young man that commented on there who I haven't seen, I've thought of, but I haven't seen since he graduated. And he, he just commented, uh, I love the way she made me like music. Yes. You know, so So I just love people when they are happy and succeed in life.
0: Yeah, and so my daughter had, um, hopefully it won't be her last lesson with uh, Miss Huey, uh, but uh, she's going to NC State uh, starting next week, and so her journey and story will be a little different as she moves onward, but I took p- took a picture of Sophie and Karen together for the last lesson, because she's been taken from Karen, I guess, for about, did we start in middle school? Yeah. So it's been five or six years, or maybe seven years. Um, that she's been taking a little break during COVID. But even in COVID, we did some virtual lessons yeah. too. Uh, we kept it going. Um, so she's moving onward. And so we took a picture and my wife put it online. And you can tell uh, how well-loved you are um, and, and the widespread of, um, of joy you've given out. Uh, my wife was like, have you seen all the likes and comments on Miss Huey's picture? And I was like, I was like is it is a lot. And she was like, you would have thought I'm having a baby or somebody died. Because <laughs> 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 so many people interacted with it. Uh, well,
1: I have so many different facets of my life. I have, I have my teaching career. I have my church career. Now I have my music camp, a set of people. I've got a huge village.
0: Yes, uh, and, and you are widely loved because um, every person you interact with, it's always... To lift them up and give them encouragement, and everybody that, that I've been through has uh, been a better student and person for being under your. Well, thank you from being under your uh, tutelage, um, and I really just thought about. I was trying to think of all the friends that I've had that have rolled through uh, orchestra or your means uh, classes, and, and everybody just uh, widely uh, loves and appreciates you. Once
1: you're You've been in one of my classes, and you've you've been a student. You're in my family.
0: I, I remember um, as an adult, growing up, I was like, "Why didn't I take music theory with Miss Huey when I was at Lee County High School?" But um, I wasn't have music as career minded back in those days, so but I don't know why I didn't take it because I sure took as many well, band no, classes as possible.
1: I don't know that it was offered when you were there. I may not
0: in '94. Maybe they didn't do theory and back in the early 90s. Maybe it wasn't a thing you could have taken because I was all about taking as many music classes as possible. I probably would have taken orchestra if they would have allowed me to.
1: Uh, The first year I was here, there was a flute player with all the string players. Yeah. And, And it was challenging to find stuff that was good for her to play as well as for us to play. Right. And I remember the first person that played guitar said, can I sign up for strings? I said, what do you play? And they said guitar and i'm like yeah but you may have to learn to play something else also
0: yeah
1: and i said i'll let you play guitar some but i you'll have to play something else and they did do that and so um that was the birth of guitars and um i was so grateful to have that opportunity to have guitar players in class
0: yeah because um and now i mean it's not a common instrument with orchestras but there are a quite a few orchestral pieces that feature um, a classical guitar or something Mm -hmm. that's with it too. Um, uh, What advice would you give yourself as in your, if you could give give, uh, yourself advice as you were a child, what would one be? One little nugget of advice you practice might practice more. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. Anytime I interview somebody with music, they always practice more. Michael Wilkins said, "Practice more." Yeah. I would say, "I wish I would have practiced more."
1: Yeah. And, and there's an art of practicing. Yeah, I, it's not just playing your instrument. There's a difference between playing your instrument and practicing. And I hope I am. <laughs> like my horn professor. Teaching them how to practice instead of just play yeah
0: you sound like my horn professor because i didn't want to practice much either then too <laughs> um all right and miss huey so since uh, this next question is helps keep the podcast going uh, is there anybody you could recommend for me to talk to that is still doing the same thing as an adult that they did in their youth
1: Actually, yes. I've been listening to the podcast, so I knew this question was coming. So I would like to hear more about Robert Watson. Now, Robert Watson, when I got here, uh, was a singer in one of the chorus classes, the good chorus class, the one that did all the fancy stuff. Um, So I know he's been singing forever. Yeah. Uh, but he also makes guitars. Yes. And I,
0: I, when you said his name, I was like, I don't know him, but I, from what I, I do remember him making instruments.
1: And he has just made a guitar, and he posted a picture of it on Facebook, and it was green, and it looked beautiful. No, not because it was green. He just does quality work. So I would like to hear more about Robert Watson and his guitar-making skills. And, and he's a member of the Tuesday Night Music club that is played out at depot park on thursday nights and he's he's just all about music
0: all right so robert watson listens i'll be uh giving you a message here in a little while all right uh karen thanks for uh being on the show it was wonderful for me to get a little history uh about you and your journey so thanks so much for coming on
1: thanks for including me
0: uh, if you want to meet Karen Huey in real life, then you can join the Lee County Community Orchestra and sit right next to her and play viola on Tuesday nights. And if you can't play viola, uh, she'll be glad to give you a few lessons and she'll have you a virtuoso in no time. That's for sure. Um, my daughter, Sophie, um, uh, she, uh, as a teenager, you know, I, I come and get her, Sophie, it's time for your lesson. She's like, oh, I don't want to go. I'm tired. I don't want to be in my bed. Uh, But every time she leaves her lesson, she's like, I'm so glad I went to Miss Huey's for a lesson. I always feel so much better. Thank and you. And she always comments about how much she learns in a lesson. She goes, I can't believe how much better I get in one lesson with Miss Huey than, than when I came. I'm always so much, I learn so much and I get so much better in one shot. Well, thank uh, you. So she, um, yes, yeah, she uh, definitely values and appreciates you. And I know the Miller family does too. Uh, we've seen her grow uh, just immensely uh, working with you uh, from middle school. She took over her uh, eighth grade middle school class like as being like a co-teacher. Uh, her teacher, uh, Mr. Merricks, would say, Sophie, can you go take so-and-so? And she would do it and she would lead the group. And then she's done the same thing in high school. Her yep. band director say, hey, can you take these kids and work with them and She's like, yeah, I can do that. And She uh, she took a lot of pride in teaching the bass player how to play bass. But she's like, I don't play bass. <laughs> she goes, but she was showing him, and he was like, he's learning so fast. <laughs> yeah. Well,
1: she was a sponge.
0: Yeah, she is a sponge. Yeah. Uh, and so we are very grateful to well, your time. You. Uh, and flexibility uh, with me and my tardiness sometimes and forgetfulness. So it's Tuesday or Thursday. We got to go to Karen's. (laughs) Um, Yes. So I'm sure uh, she might want to get a lesson or two uh,
1: throughout
0: college. Uh, So it'll be interesting to see how that goes from there. But yeah, we are very much appreciative of you. Thank you. And uh, she has loved, love, love taken from you. Uh, So remember folks, uh, join the orchestra, keep music in schools. Uh, Send your kids to Miss Huey. Take a a string lesson. Uh, They will um, excel, excel, excel. So uh, one message, one clear message I've always learned from interviewing people, it's to find what makes you happy and get to it. There's a lot of life out there to live. Take the time to enjoy it. Everybody have a good week. (laughs)